2: Hi, everyone. Welcome to Edition with Digest. I'm Stephanie Sloan, editorial director, here with Mara Levinsky, senior editor. Hi, everyone. Well, Mara, we talked about Claire getting busted on Days of Our Lives, and it finally happened. So Olivia Keegan wrapped up her run this week on the show, and we recently talked to her about it. Um, She told us it was very difficult for her to say goodbye to Claire. You know, she began playing this role when she was 15, and she feels like the people there are her family. And she says it was the greatest three and a half years ever. She loved her exit story, which I did too. And it introduced her to her new best friend, Victoria Konefowl, who plays Ciara. So I was so happy to see that they brought back our guest today, Martha Madison as Belle and Brandon Beamer as Sean, because it definitely like would have been weird not to have her parents in town. And it really added the right emotional note to those scenes. I agree. And I think all in all, it was a
0: pretty great payoff in wrapping up her arc. I'll say her arc for now, um, because I can't help but think that Claire will be back one day because she is the very definition of a legacy character um, where Salem is concerned obviously as the daughter of Sean and Belle who are themselves the son and daughter respectively of mega super couples, Bowen Hope and John and Marlena but Olivia really brought it these last few months playing Claire's Mental unraveling, and uh, I will miss her, and I will miss Claire's lighter.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So will she. (laughs) Um, So July 5th marked the 20th anniversary since the debut of Passions, which in and of itself is a little mind-boggling. You know, the show was created by the late James E. Riley, who prior to that was best known for putting days on the map in the 90s, with its wacky tales of Vivian burying Carly alive and Marlena being possessed. So, you know, Passions wasn't your typical soap. The tone was set from the get-go by having Tabitha, a 300-year-old witch played by Juliet Mills, and Timmy, a doll who came to life, played by the late Josh Ryan Evans. But there was a very grounded element to the town of Harmony, you know, in that you had your core families in the Cranes, the Lopez Fitzgeralds, the Bennets and the Russells. You know, I think there was really an effort made to generate buzz in that first week of the show. We had Sheridan Crane in Paris. Uh, The show went on location at that time, you know, remembering her dear friend, Princess Diana, who had died two years earlier. So it was definitely a controversial move and a divisive one at that. But, you know, that's the kind of show Passions was.
0: Yeah. You know, I grew up as a huge fan of soaps, as you know, um, and whereas a lot of people can tell the story of growing up watching their stories with their family members, you know, their mom, their grandmother, their aunties, their siblings, uh, I was the only person in my family who watched soaps and I felt like really put on the defensive about them and I would defend my interest in them by saying, you know, soaps get a bad rap for being silly and over the top and totally unrealistic but (laughs) that's not really a fair characterization and I would point to like social issue storylines and some of the really beautiful character-driven writing that I enjoy. Um, like Guiding Light in the late 1980s and General Hospital in the mid-1990s and so forth. And so I think I had a hard time like embracing uh, the tone of passions. My issue being that it leaned so far into all the things that people made fun of soaps about, mm-hmm. like both in the culture at large and closer to home. It was sort of like custom made to be on the soup
2: uh-huh. <laughs> um,
0: that uh, I, I couldn't like appreciate it for, for what it was. Um, especially probably because it replaced Another World, which was such a classic soap and so close to my heart. Ditto. Um, yeah, that was really the first show I ever fell in love with enough to watch on a daily basis. And thank you, Anna H., uh, who played Vicky and Marley, for making it so. <laughs> um,
2: and Another World's cancellation was so heartbreaking to me. Oh, Absolutely. Um, and, you know, there were definitely some really over-the-top elements to Passions, for sure. And I do not think it was everyone's cup of tea. But trust that anyone who has come into to interview with us for a job in the past few years was a Passions fan. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it really appealed to that younger demographic and it had a very appealing younger cast to boot. You know, I don't know that Hell in a Closet and Charity <laughs> Frozen in an ice block were what your more traditional soap fan was looking for. But I have to say that it did have an audience and, you know, the show really boasted an incredibly talented group of actors. I mean, there were days on that show that lasted weeks, if not months. There were storylines like Teresa's endless quest to land (laughs) Ethan that lasted the entire run of the show. You know, they had to show up to work every day and sell that repetition like they were doing it for the first time, which is no small feat. Uh, It's so true. And, you know, when
0: I look back on Passions now, I really do appreciate, like, the zest of the show's storylines and the absolute commitment and quality of some of the acting. Mm -hmm. I mean, Juliet Mills as Tabitha was iconic. Uh, ben Masters as Julian Crane uh, was like an utterly delicious fill-in. And I give Passions a lot of credit for achieving the cult status that it did. You know, so much soap fuming is inherited. It's passed down from one generation to the next within a household. And it's incredibly difficult for new soaps to gain traction because it doesn't benefit from that tradition. And Passions was the last new soap to debut on NBC, and it lasted What, like three times as long as uh, the last new soap to debut before it, which Mm -hmm. was Sunset Beach. It really earned its years on the air. And there is a lot of affection among a lot of people, um, you know, for that show. And, And I would
2: add a lot of people who never got into any other soap. And it was the springboard for so many actors who went on to do other things. I mean, there's Justin Hartley, who has now found superstardom on This Is Us. Mary Elizabeth Winstead, who is like the indie movie queen. Uh, I have to name
0: uh, two more names because I love me a real life soap couple, Travis Schult and Natalie Zee. Uh, who have not only both worked a ton in primetime, but got married IRL, mm-hmm. even though on the show it was not a happy ending for their characters, Ethan and Gwen, because <laughs> Teresa funny. finally did get her
2: man. Correct. It was not. Um, and you have Galen Garing and Eric Martsov who both wound up on days and mm-hmm. recently marked their 10-year anniversaries on the show. So our guest today actually made a very brief appearance on Passions before she shot to superstardom on Days of Our Lives. It's Martha Madison, who recently returned as Belle. So let's get her on the phone to talk about her soap journey. Hi, Martha. Hi. (laughs) Well, we have to thank you for joining us again because... Last week, we did not have a podcast because, unfortunately, there was a technical issue with our first conversation with Martha, and we are now doing it again. Because you are so gracious. (laughs) Absolutely. Well,
1: I I like to think a good
2: rehearsal is always helpful. so (laughs) This one should go perfectly, I promise. We are going to nail it. Okay. (laughs) Well, so Mara and I were just discussing um, how nice it was to have you back on the show for Claire's Goodbye um, so tell us what your reaction was when you found out that the show wanted Belle on the scene because her daughter had gone off the deep end. <laughs> <laughs> like totally off
1: the deep end. Like can't believe she's the cutest pyromaniac in Salem. <laughs> oh, for um, sure.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I mean, I'm always happy to be asked back and and certainly um, to work with Olivia is always a pleasure. Uh, you know, I play her mom. I was there the first day that she was there and it was really nice to be there on her last day. I felt like that was really fitting.
2: Um, you gave her a really nice tribute on social media, um, as well as in our magazine. Tell us just about working with her and, you know, obviously when she came back, they had aged Claire, you know, to a teenager.
1: Right. Right. Um, you know, I just, I adore her and I, I, you know, like I said, I was there on her first day and and she was so young, she was like fifteen years old and and just a little nervous, and then, you know it's a lot to take in on your first day, so I felt very protective of her almost immediately and and boy, she just you know showed up she so um has such a a natural talent to her, and you know I just as watched her blossom into this tremendous Emmy nominated actress, and these last couple of weeks that I've seen her work have just been like mind blowing. She just killed it. And she's just going to continue to grow and be, um, you know, so uh, talented. She's also a great singer and she's got a great head on her shoulders. You know, you can tell that she was raised with a lot of love and, uh, you know, she's just wonderful. I'm just happy I got to know her. I'm happy I got to be there for this part of her life. Sweet. So
0: Martha, amazingly, next month, Marks the 15th anniversary of your <laughs> debut as Belle. Just That's wild. Crazy. All right. So we want to take a walk down memory lane with you. But oh, I, I actually want to start a year before your 2005 Days debut because you actually were on Passions in oh. a little short-term blip of a role. What do you remember about that experience? I remember my boobs weren't big enough. <laughs> <laughs> according I to went, who?
1: According to wardrobe. So I, I booked this role. It was supposed to be, like, her name's Lola. She's supposed to be this really um, sultry uh, waitress who, um, Galen Garings character, I can't remember his name on the show, but.
0: Um, Luis Lopez Fitzgerald. <laughs> Luis
1: Lopez, right. He <laughs> hires me to steal something from Alistair, whatever. And, um, uh, you know, remember he was like, played. it was just like a guy with hands. Do you remember that? Oh, Yeah. <laughs>
0: And it, the it only so the weird. finest uh, hand models were up for that yeah. role
1: well this was this was my very first job in los angeles and i'm like okay i'm doing what with who? what <laughs> <laughs> um and so i went into wardrobe and they had this really kind of low-cut sexy almost french made looking outfit and they were like well it's not really working because i was just you know, not endowed enough, I guess. So they started taping and stuffing and like double braing, and it was crazy. Um, But welcome to Hollywood for the first time in my life, I had cleavage. (laughs) 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 So that's what I remember, but it was very fun. And, um, you know, I had been a big uh, days, specifically days of our lives fan for a long time. So being on a soap set for the first time was really exciting.
0: Awesome.
2: Well, let's talk about that. So you were a Days fan, and then the role of Belle comes up. Uh, mm-hmm. What was your experience in auditioning, and how did you get that audition?
1: Oh, my gosh. Um, so I am a, was and am a subscriber to Soap Digest. And we love I had you for read, that. <laughs> I had read um, that Kirsten was leaving the show to go to another show. And I got really excited. I was like, Oh, I, you know, I think that I can play this part. I had my uh, agent call to see if they were going to recast it, which they were. And I think by that time, they had actually done a couple of test groups already, um, but they hadn't found the person that they wanted yet. So it was just lucky timing. Um, but she called and they said, Oh, she's too old, but you know, she's not going to work. And so they weren't, they wouldn't see me. And I was like so upset about this because I knew if I could just get in front of her, I could show her that I could do this. And, um, so I don't remember if I found her email or if I mailed her like snail mailed her, but, um, I found Fran Bascom's, um, contact information and I sent her a picture, a headshot from when I was like 20 (laughs) (laughs) and said, you have to see me. And she did. She called me at home and she said, all right, come in, uh, you know, tomorrow, and I was literally the very last person of that last day of auditioning. And wow. um, it went really well. And I felt really good about it. She was so complimentary and sweet. Um, and they called me back in to go to producers the next week. And I was freaking out. <laughs> so nervous. Um, going up into the studio and uh, Steve Lyman's office at the time. And um, proceeded to give like one of the worst auditions of my life. <laughs> <laughs> I was so nervous and I just blew it. So I walked out of there just like really mad at myself and just thought, well, that's not going to happen now. And it just wasn't meant to be. So I, uh, the next day my agent called and said, uh, they loved your audition and (laughs) they want you to come back and do a test. And I said, that's crazy. I was terrible. Are you sure? (laughs) Um, so I went in and, um, to do my test, which was at the studio. And, you know, you get the whole treatment, you get the hair and makeup and you see all these, you know, actors you've watched forever coming in and out of the room. And I remember Peter Reckle came up to me and put his hand on my shoulder and was like, are you nervous? You know, how's it going? And I was just like, I could barely speak. <laughs> I,
2: was, I, was like,
0: like, right.
1: I wasn't nervous. until <laughs>
0: Bo put his hand on my shoulder.
1: <laughs> I know. I was just freaking out. It was all very surreal. And, um, I did my test. It was with Kyle Brandt. <clears throat> And I felt like on this one, you know, because I wasn't going to let myself bomb again. um, I felt like this one went really well. And I thought leaving there and and from some of the comments that some of the people that were working there made afterward, I felt like I had a pretty good shot at getting this job. So I was just on pins and needles. And then two days later, my agent called and gave me the news that they had hired somebody else. And I was just crushed. Um, But back then, you know, they used to air the show or tape the show only like three weeks before it aired. (laughs) So I was just like every day trying to get closer and closer to that air date. I wanted to see who got it and why, you know, I wanted to kind of see,
0: you know, you do Who to make a voodoo doll of.
1: (laughs) 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 Yeah. So that first day that, um, the other actress aired, I thought, yeah, you know, she's cute. She's petite. She has a cute haircut. She's, she's going to that's why you know she's young she's adorable and um so i was really depressed and then the next day my agent called me again and said hey days of our lives just called they want your sizes and they want you to get down there as fast as you can and i was like what are you talking about she said i don't know maybe they have a role for you and they need someone to fill it today i'm not sure i sent them your sizes or i'm going to send them your sizes and just get down there and i was like oh my god okay i'm so excited maybe i'll get to play a waitress again or something you know whatever <laughs> <laughs> And I got there and, um, uh, Stuart, who's my, his stage manager, long time stage manager there, who I love, um, grabbed me, introduced himself to me and then walked me up to Steve Wyman's office. <clears throat> and I walked in and he had that, you know, like remote control clicker door thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I sat down and all of a sudden the door just closed by itself. I was just crazy. I felt like I was in a soap opera. Um, and he said, you know. So sometimes in this business, you know, we have to make really quick changes and kind of adapt on the fly. And, um, you know, we have decided we want you to be our bell. And I, I mean, I, I was not expecting that. So it was just jaw to the floor. <laughs> and <I was> so <laughs> like, what? <laughs> and then he pulled up these two giant scripts and he handed them to me and he said, no, I don't want you to panic, but <laughs> I need you to go down to hair and makeup. They're going to get you ready. And then I'll send a dialogue coach to your dressing room and she'll run these lines with you. And we're going to shoot these two shows in about an hour.
2: It's <laughs> like, wait, Good luck with all that. Wait,
1: what? <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I think I just went into like autopilot mode. I don't remember a whole lot about that other than when it was over, um, having to call my restaurant job and tell them I wasn't coming into work. <laughs> that was kind of like my, first real memory after all of that. It It was a crazy day. It was wonderful. I'll never forget it.
2: You know, I will say whenever I am or have been in that office and the door shuts by itself, I always (laughs) think it would really be so awkward because it's so big and that walk to the door is so long that if it didn't close by itself, it would sort of be super awkward for the person to stand up, get up and close it and come back. (laughs) Be back in a few minutes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Totally. Totally. But, you know, I was very new to the whole thing, you know, and so all of this stuff oh, yeah, was, that was very, crazy. very weird. And, you know, I had never really experienced much around television at all before that.
0: So. Okay. So I love the fact that you were such a fan of the show. I think that's so cool that you got <laughs> to have the experience of then being on it. So I want to know, like yeah. when you were a viewer, who were your favorites? Like, who were you most excited to meet? And did you fangirl over anyone? <laughs> I fangirled over everyone. Um, uh, you know, it's the
1: same sentiment that I hear from fans today. You know, you're in our room five days a week and we feel like we know you. I felt the same way. You know, I, this was like I would come home from my bartending shifts and I'd have days of our lives on my VCR. And that was the one hour of TV I watched today. So, I, you know, you do feel like you already have some kind of understanding of these people, even though you're a stranger to them. Um, but you know, I, I loved that whole last blast crew, you know, I wasn't, that's part of the reason why I watched, I really loved, um, all the actors, you know, Kirsten and Jason and Farah and, um, you know, Jay and Kyle and it, you know, to be able to come into that as the new bell was just like out of body for me. Totally. Um, but you know, meeting Deidre was probably one of the highlights of my whole life, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I knew that I was going to be working with her at some point, but when I came on, she was like on that island, you know, they had like fake killed all these people and they were stranded on islands. Meliswen, if you will. M- Meliswen, right. Um, <laughs> <I can't, laughs> you remember all that. Um, so when she came back from the dead, you know, it was my first scene with her. So I met her in the makeup room that day and she just came over and gave me a giant hug and said, you're going to be great and made me feel really confident because I was a nervous wreck. And that was actually, I mean, probably one of my first good scenes, ever. (laughs) (laughs) you know, and I think that's just such a testament to her ability, you know, to, to provide so much for me to react off of, but also just, she just gives you that blanket of comfort when you're working with her. So there's just nothing to be afraid of.
2: Mm -hmm. She's awesome definitely. Um now Kirsten had really put a stamp on Bell. Um do you mm-hmm. think that being familiar with her with her portrayal was a help or a hindrance to you? Oh, definitely it was a help.
1: Um you know, I I like I, said, I I was so green at the time. Like I was so naive to the whole thing. I didn't really think much about, you know, what the fan response was going to be or anything like it. that just wasn't even in my head. I was really Thinking, well, I mean, I can do these two scripts on the, you know, an hour after I get hired because I've been watching since I was eight years old and I know the story. Um, So I already at least understood what the relationships were with everybody that I was gonna be working with and what they meant and the backstory and all that was already there for me. So that was made it super easy. Um, I think the thing that became hard for me later or as I started to understand the landscape a little bit better. was that age difference that we had. You know, she was very, um, she played Belle when she was younger. And, you know, Kirsten just has this adorable kind of effervescent quality about her, which is why she's so amazing and why I loved watching her. But I think, you know, having that age difference between us, you know, maybe it was just age or experience, but I think I have a little bit more of a cynical quality to myself or, you know, maybe a little more, serious. I I hate using that word because it sounds so negative, but it's, I just, you know, I wasn't, I was older. So I knew that I couldn't replicate that. And I, I knew that trying to replicate that would not be a good idea for me. Um, and I think, you know, I really took the material and tried to, to just do it the way I would normally do it as though it was a new character and I do think over time the writers started to kind of shift and write it that way a little bit, so it was easier for me. And and so, yeah, <clears throat> you know, it was a it was a difficult transition, I'm sure, for the fans. Um, but it was,
0: uh, you know, it was it was all
1: just a learning curve for me. I really didn't know any other way.
0: Um, as you mentioned, there was like such a strong set of like young adult characters in Salem mm-hmm. at that time, like mm-hmm. Sean and Belle and Mimi and Philip. Um, yeah. What do you remember about, you know, th- those first few years on the show, storyline wise and working with uh, with that group of actors? It was kind of like a charmed period. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> it was a
1: it was a really important group on the show at, a I think, an important time. I think that there was um, a lot of focus on these characters, whether it was before or after I started playing Belle. And, um, y- you know, it was a. Uh, It was a lot of responsibility, I think, because we were literally working every day. And um, and I think that that turned out to not be a great thing. You know, as things went on, I think people got kind of tired of, um, you know, us on our escapades, you know, kidnapped on an island or, you know. Sealing each other's boyfriends or husbands or hypothermia whatever. sex. <laughs> I know hypothermia sex. That's how Claire came along. <laughs>
0: um, and we I can't call it, we cannot it forget hypothermic
1: coma. <laughs> driving
0: motorcycles into interrupt a wedding. One of my faves. <laughs> oh
1: my <God. laughs> yeah, that was that was bad. Um, <laughs> I just remember being there shooting that um, wedding scene well into the morning, like two o'clock which of course they would never do today. Um, and I had to scream really loud. And I mean, if you think about it, if you think back on your own life, like how many times have you actually screamed at the top of your lungs? Like zero, zero, <laughs> zero. So I'm thinking to myself, wait, I've, I've never done this. And I was so afraid to scream. <laughs> so I tried it. I think I was only able to get it out maybe twice without completely laughing. Um, <laughs> And, you know, I think Steve was getting angry about it. It was just, it was weird. Um, and then when we saw it, it was like this total CGI moment, <laughs> this motorcycle flying through the window. And I thought, yes, yeah, it, was, it was interesting.
0: <laughs> the fans are going to love it. <laughs> Were you, like, close with anyone in the cast at the time? Like, like did people come to your wedding later? Oh, gosh. Everybody came to my wedding. Um,
1: <laughs> which my husband still gives me grief about today. <laughs> uh, my husband's like, let's just elope, or have like 10 people at the wedding. And I'm like, no, 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 we're going to have 300 people there. And they're all going to be people I work with.
2: <laughs>
1: and he, didn't, um, he objected to that. I'm shocked. Yeah, I know. He's like, I don't want to stand up there and you do this all day long, but I don't I don't want to be in front of all these people telling him, you know, how I feel. Um, It it was worth it. Uh, (laughs) It was a great party. I still still think that my wedding was one of the most fun parties I ever went to. Um, Anyway, yeah, I did. I mean, and I still do. I keep in touch with a few people. I I, you know chat with Farah every once in a while, and um, uh, Brandon. I was just texting with him last night, and you know Deidre and I text all the time, and um, just yeah, I keep in touch with everybody, and I always felt pretty close to everybody.
2: Love that. Well, you certainly packed a lot into your first run on the show, and it then came to an end in 2008. Um, so, what was <laughs> your reaction? How'd you feel when Bell was written out? F- thanks for the reminder. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry.
1: <laughs> well, let's see. 2008. So uh, it was the recession, which was not an awesome time to get fired um and i had also just bought a house right before the housing market collapsed so that was also not awesome <laughs> oh man um, yeah it was a rough couple of years after that but uh you know i it didn't feel good it was um it was kind of a shock because i had just signed a new 3 year contract um and i waited you know to buy my house <laughs> until i knew that was in the bag so um i was just completely unexpected um, it was the writer's strike and um, Hogan left and they brought in Dina Higley. And uh, I think within just a few days, uh, there were five or six of us that got the boot. Um, and I just didn't understand it, honestly, because we are important characters. You know, the the characters we play are the children of the two main couples on the show. Like, how can that not matter? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and so, you know, in my mind, it was just like, it can't be because the characters aren't, aren't important. So it must be me, you know, it must be personal, it must, you know, be something wrong with me. And I think, you know, again, I was really young and kind of never experienced anything like that before. So it's just, um, I think for a long while, it really kind of messed with my confidence. It really, uh, was a question that I had for a long time. And I think it affected a lot of my auditions and stuff going forward and, Um, yeah, it was a rough time, but you know, it's, it's the industry and people get fired. And I think when you're looking at something like a soap where you're, it just feels like a regular job, like you're going every day, you can get used to that when most actors experience the industry as, you know, intermittent (laughs) periods of of unemployment. And so I, I had just, again, it was just something I hadn't experienced and I was still, uh, young and, and not sure how to handle that.
0: Yeah, it's like you develop a thick skin maybe as time goes on. But for your first experience, it makes total sense to me that it would be painful. It was painful. It hurt. But, you
1: know, it is what it is. It was a long time ago.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, our pleasure to just rip the scab right off and remind you of it. (laughs) (laughs) My bleeding heart. (laughs) Yeah. Well, at the time, did it feel final to you or was it somewhere in your mind that maybe, you know, they would ask you back one day?
1: Well, I think I had, yeah, I mean, I had assumed just because of the, the importance of the character that they would call me back in. Mm-hmm. Um, I think after a few years, I started to get that the hint. I was not going back. And so I honestly was just thinking they would probably recast it, um, but they didn't do that either. So I, you know. Right. Because it wasn't you. <laughs> you think I mean I don't know I still don't know I just I just don't care anymore <laughs> um, uh, so you know I was very surprised to get the call in 2015 and because it was just so out of the blue and like totally random um so but it was exciting I was so happy to be going back it was I felt almost as excited as the first time they hired me you know
2: mm-hmm Um, Now, prior to that, you actually had appeared on another daytime show. Um, You were a temporary recast for General Hospital's Elizabeth in 2011. Mm -hmm. So how did that come about? And did you ever see Kirsten at the GH studio?
1: Yes, I did. And I, again, like I love her. I'm I'm a huge fan of her both as an actress and as a person. And so it was fun. Um, I got that call. So I was um, I owned a restaurant then and I was working at the restaurant and my a manager called and said, I just got a call from Mark Teshner and he wants to know if you have any pictures of yourself with brown hair. And I was like, <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> what do you mean? Doesn't everybody? It's <laughs> <laughs> like, I've been blonde my whole life. Um, but I thought my sister-in-law is a, like a graphic artist. And so I called her and I said, Hey, if I send you my headshot, can you make it look like my hair is brown? And she's like, sure. So I sent it to her. She made it look brown. It was, you know, definitely a five-minute fix. It wasn't, like, cool, but (laughs) I think the effort mattered. Um, And I sent that over to my manager, and they called me about an hour later and said, so they want you to fill in as Liz uh, Weber. uh, The actress is out really sick. And come in tomorrow. And Again, it was kind of like that first day of days. Everything just happens so fast, and you're just, like, uh, kind of in disbelief a little bit. So I was very excited about that. I went in and, um, I went and talked with Bob Guza, who was the head writer at the time. And he was kind of filling me in on the story. And it was a really climactic time in that story too. So, um, and I did watch GH some, but not, not as religiously. Uh, so it was nice to kind of get a little background, especially from the writer. Um, because you know, he knows it better than anybody else. Um. And then I went downstairs to hair and makeup and they had this wig and they were like, we're going to wig you. And I was like, Oh God. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So They did their best with this wig and we shot one episode and afterward they said, Hey, can you come back to hair and makeup? Can we, can we dye your hair? And I was like, yes, please dye my hair. I don't want to, don't want to wear this. Um, So they dyed it and it was really fun. It was, you know, a different look and, I went back to work at the restaurant that night and I sat up at this table overlooking the dining room and I just watched my husband walk past me like five times. <laughs> he didn't even recognize me. Finally, I was like, yo, husband. And <laughs> he looked over, he was like, holy crap. So he, he thought that was fun for a while, but then he was like, can we get you blonde again? <laughs> I want you to go back to being the woman I married. <laughs>
0: Who did you work with? I'm trying to I, – I do so – I'm picturing <clears throat> you with, like, Tyler Christopher in my head.
1: Yeah, I did um, uh, some scenes with Tyler Christopher. I did some scenes with Steve Burton um, and with uh, – gosh, I can't believe I'm forgetting her name. McCulloch. Um, Kimberly McCulloch. Oh, Macaulay. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and
0: some, yeah, some goodies. You got in some good, yeah. like, poor Charles time. Yes.
1: Uh, Scott Reeves and Lisa Cicero. Yeah, it was fun.
2: Um, okay, so you mentioned then uh, 2015. You get the call to come back to Days. Um, so, what was it like the second time around for you? Um, you know, I
1: think that between 2008 and 2015, so much had really happened in my life, um, and I had just become a mom, and like I just was on much more stable footing, and like understood the world a little bit. So I felt more confident going in. You know, I wasn't. Um, I wasn't really concerned about, you know, the things I was concerned about when I was in my 20s, you know, like, how do I look? What do they think about me? And all this good stuff. I just went in and was like, cool, what do we get to do? And who do I get to make out with? And like, you know, <laughs> um, so it was really fun. And I met Josh Griffith for the first time and he's just super fun and, um, you know, really collaborative, I felt. And so it was a good it was a good mix. I felt really good about it.
0: Now you mentioned the restaurant that your uh, husband, uh, was, was working in at the time. And, and, mm-hmm. uh, in addition to your acting career, you have a whole life outside of Hollywood, <laughs> literally I and do. figuratively, uh, yep. you're in Dallas now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yep. So what prompted the move and what was the transition away from LA like for you? Such a
1: big question. <laughs> and I'm still asking myself a lot of those things, so. <laughs> um, you know, I think a big giant part of it was just economics, right? You know, we had restaurants for a long time. We had just sold them off and our daughter was about to start school and, um, you know, just the cost of living and the cost of school and not having that regular income anymore just kind of was just time to go. Um, I think another part of that was, uh, you know, that my mom is, uh, has a terminal illness. She lives here in Dallas and I really my sister's been caring for her for a really long time. And I think I've always just felt really guilty about that. And I wanted to be here to help and to be here with my mom. So, um, those two things combined really made the total decision, but I think, um, you know, looking back at it, I think, uh, it was good for me to kind of leave the whole Hollywood life for a little while. I think I really needed a break, um, you know, I, I, like I said, I, I feel things really deeply and I probably overanalyze things a little too much, which is probably why I had some success as an actor, but also why it's really, you know, can really be a drag on you sometimes. So I think it was just a good time for me to kind of shake all of that out of my life for a little while and and figure out, you know, what the next part of my life is going to look like. So it was scary. And the transition was a little... <laughs> It was rough, I think, at first, because it's, you know, moving into the suburbs and Texas and stuff, it's just a very different place than Los Angeles. Um, but it was so great to have my family here, and I've got a lot of friends here. And, you know, I grew up in Houston, so I just know a lot of people in Texas. And so it's been, been really great. And we, um, you know, just immediately started exploring the city. And there are such amazing, cool pockets of the city that are so much like, LA and, you know, Austin and stuff like that here. So, um, I think just finding the areas where we really fit in well here was that made all the difference, you know? Mm-hmm.
2: And you're still commuting back and forth when you need to, to Los Angeles.
1: Yeah. And in fact, I'm um, coming to LA the week of the 22nd, we're shooting the sequel to, to the beat, which is this really adorable kid dance movie that we shot last year that went up on Netflix And it had a huge response, um, which is so funny. All my friends who have small kids have been emailing me this year, like, okay, you're on a loop in my back, you know, in the (laughs) background, and it's making me nuts. And I'm like, yeah, good. (laughs) People are watching. So they've decided to do a sequel. And so I'm going back. Eric Martzoff actually plays my husband, which is super fun. So we'll get to see each other. That's fun. Yeah, I mean, Dallas is great because it's right in the middle. It's, we have two major airports, and so I'm three hours away from every major shooting destination. <laughs>
2: it's perfect. And you're also uh, working also a regular job, if you will. Yes. Um, tell yes. us about that. My J-O-B-B. Um <laughs>
1: I am a director of recruitment for a company called one house, uh, which is based in New York and we recruit chefs and executive level management and C level management for restaurant and hotel groups all across the country. Um, and, uh, it's been an incredible experience. You know, what I get to do is really kind of a cross between an agent and a casting director, but for the restaurant industry, um, you know, I, I get to source great talent. I get to bring in new clients. I get to make that match and I, um, you know, get these people to the finish and negotiate their deal and send them off on their way into their new life. And I think with a lot of the experience that I've had, certainly in transitions in my own life, I've really been able to, um, lend some expertise to to that process and, it just feels good to be able to help people through what can be a really vulnerable time in their life. So it's great. It's wonderful. I love it.
2: And are you opening a restaurant there too? And I'm opening a restaurant here too.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I like to be busy. Just just make me feel so lazy. (laughs) Why don't you? You know, uh, what do they say? Idle minds are the devil's handiwork, right? I I can't be bored or I, you know, just start eating. I don't know. (laughs) Um, If you see me with weight on, it's because I've been bored for too long. Um, So my husband and I, yes, we're opening a really cool restaurant here called the Mayor's House down in the Bishop Arts area of Dallas, which is one of those pockets of Dallas that is super cool, just like a cross between kind of San Francisco and L.A. And um, it's in this it was an old condemned building. It was the Mayor's House of Oak Cliff. And um, he didn't have any heirs. And so it just became this like run down, you know, condemned building uh, since 1970s, like the late 1970s. And so um, the landlord bought the property and did this four and a half year restoration. It is absolutely beautiful. Um, We partnered, I recruited a (laughs) kind of talent, really talented superstar chef that's local here who also lives in that area. Who specializes in uh, you know uh, new American farm to table uh food. And uh we should be open. We're shooting for September 17th is our goal date. Um and so far we're on target. So we're really
0: excited.
2: That's exciting. I think it's good. Yes. I mean, my
0: mouth is watering.
2: Also. Yes. <laughs> A lot of experience, so it should be great.
0: Um, so earlier this year, you earned your first daytime Emmy nomination as outstanding supporting actress for your oh. turn as Belle last year. So tell us about, you know, that experience and what that recognition meant to you.
1: Well, I mean, it, it was awesome. I was kind of shocked. I think at first, because, you know, so many people submit and there's so many great actors and honestly, I've never really been big on awards and stuff like that, because I don't think that you can really, I don't think that art is a competitive sport. You know what I mean? Like, it's really about who's watching it and what their perspective is. But, you know, that aside, it was a wonderful moment. It was a great excuse to get back there and party with my crew. And, um, you know, uh, as of today, I mean, it was a great way to go out. <laughs> so, <laughs> great way to punctuate a 15 year run. So it's good.
2: ish <laughs> Good. Actually, they were amazing <laughs> scenes. And um, as I mentioned to you before, I feel that they were the best scenes that Drake Hogeston ever <sighs> had were the scenes with you.
1: I completely agree. I mean, I've been watching Drake, you know, like all of them since I was a little kid. And um, he just, I don't know. He just, it's, he just went there and I, you know, it was, I could feel it standing across from him. There were a couple scenes that I'll never forget when they called cut where I was just like, that was, that was one of those moments that you hope for as an actor where everything went right. And you didn't even realize, you know, that anyone was around you. It's just like, everything went dark. You're so in the moment. And he just delivered this beautiful performance over and over for those, you know, few days. And it was just incredible. Mm -hmm. It was, it was a complete travesty that he was not on that Emmy list, by the way,
2: he should have won. I think I could not agree more. I was, was, that was a bummer, big bummer. So you said 15 years later, here you are. Um, (laughs) So as you look back, what does being cast on days mean to you? And sort of the path your life has taken since?
1: Oh, gosh. Well, I mean, I, I have a lot of feelings about all of it. Uh, the, the overwhelming feeling is just, you know, just total gratitude. I, I, I know how um, fortunate it is to be able to get to do something like this. And I know that there are thousands of people out there that would kill to have a job like this. And, and so that is not lost on me at all. Um, you know, I would love to be there more. And if it was up to me, I'd be there every single day. (laughs) Um, I'm just really, you know, getting cast on the show that day in 2004, gosh, um, you know, it just changed the entire trajectory of my life in such a positive way. And, you know, I'll just always be grateful to Ken and, and Greg and everyone who's made that possible for me and my family.
2: Well, we hope to see you back soon, and <laughs> thanks. And uh, keep us posted with all your exciting news. That's happening. Um, and thank you so much for joining us. <laughs> thanks, again. ladies. I hope this one recorded. <laughs> Did we do too? <laughs>
1: okay. Have, Have a, a great day. day. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thanks, thanks you too.
2: Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.